Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket, everyone. Saul Marquez here. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Dr. Ryan Van Wert. He's the co-founder and CEO of Vinca. In addition to his role at Vinca, Dr. Van Wert is a part-time clinical assistant professor at Stanford University, where he maintains a small clinical practice. Prior to Vinca, Dr. Van Wert co-founded Aware Incorporated, a medical device company focused on reducing complications for critically ill patients, which was acquired by Cook Medical Technologies in 2015. He is frequently invited to speak about his passion for improving care delivery at the end of life and the process of value-driven healthcare innovation. He's named the inventor on multiple issued and pending health technology patents. So he's very busy. Dr. Van Wert graduated with the University Medal in Chemical Engineering from Queen's University, Canada. He completed medical school internal medicine residency from the University of Toronto and his postdoctoral training at Stanford in pulmonary disease, critical care medicine, and biodesign. Just an outstanding individual and leader in the medical space, and I'm truly privileged to have him here on the podcast. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So you guys are really honed in on the end-of-life process and doing it in a way that's scalable and that keeps the patient at the center. We're going to dive into what makes you guys special and different? But before we do that, I'd love to learn more about you and why do you choose healthcare? Well, it's a great question. And I've always found the work in healthcare to have a certain fulfillment that really has been meaningful to me in terms of being able to contribute to the lives of, of others and to society as a whole. And I think where, you know, where I see the particular opportunity of impact in moving from a traditional clinical practice where you're seeing one patient at a time, certainly that's very powerful and important work. And you can think about, well, how do you scale your impact? And you can do that in a variety of ways. You can do that by you know, building a practice, building out nurse practitioners, mid-levels, and to have a broader impact in that way. But I think what's really interesting about technology innovation is that you have an opportunity to have impact on patients at a far larger scale than in seeing patients on a one-to-one -one basis. So for me personally, uh, in, in what I do today, having a small practice but still having the opportunity to have a, an impact at a larger scale is a really nice balance for me to seeing patients one-on-one, -on -one, but also to, to have the opportunity for impact beyond that interaction. Yeah, that's really great, Ryan. And since you still practice, that speaks for, for your love of what you do. And then as a CEO of Vinca, you get a good balance out of it, right? You're, you're helping more broadly give those results that you want at an enterprise level while, while helping at the bedside. What would you say is the main way that Vinca is adding value to the healthcare ecosystem? Well, to answer that question, I'll take you back to some of the insights that we had and the needs that we recognized in terms of starting Vinca. Mm -hmm. And it was seeing individuals coming through the doors of the ICU, often on ventilators already from the emergency room, who had existing serious illnesses, whether it was advanced cancer, dementia, otherwise. And we knew seeing these individuals come through and end up on life support in the ICU that in many cases, their, their goals and preferences would have been better addressed with 
more comfort-focused care and spending their last time not in a hospital, not with lines and tubes everywhere, not unable to speak and communicate with their family, but instead in a much more comfortable environment where the needs of the whole person could be met. And seeing that happen time and again made us recognize that the individual's voice particularly when faced with a serious illness, is not being heard in our healthcare system today. And there are multiple reasons for it that have to do with the fact that this is a very complicated process to actually implement to make sure that every individual's voice about care preferences are heard, particularly at the end of life, but that it is extremely important, not only from this being the right thing to do. And I think when we look at, you know, unfortunately, uh, when we talk to people across the country, many people have a personal story about this where things maybe didn't go well for a loved one at the end of life or similarly stories of when things did go according to that person's wishes, which presented a far more dignified passing for that, that individual and a far more dignified last weeks, months of life. So that's where the individual facing the family the clinician, the caregiver, the need that we were addressing. But when we look at the healthcare system as a whole, what we see is that most individuals toward the end of life do prefer to have less aggressive, more comfort-focused care along the lines of palliative services, hospice services. And yet, unless there is an off-ramp from this medical conveyor belt that we're on, uh, that that care is not accessible. And the result is that many people have the statistic of a third of the Medicare budget being spent in the last year of life. And you could say, well, a lot of that's important spend because we're attempting to offer curative treatments. We're supporting these individuals uh, at the beginning of their, their diagnosis. But toward the end of life, in the last two months of life, we're still spending $60 billion in healthcare interventions, many of them things like hospitalizations. And what that means is that we're spending an inordinate amount of healthcare dollars for care that is doing a disservice to patients. And that's really where the disconnect is. So both from the individual level, from the healthcare system level, the problems that we solve allow for individuals to not only get the best possible care at the end of life, but to avoid these unwanted healthcare utilizations leads to a, an ROI that supports the broader healthcare system in the value-based world that we live in today. Yeah, very well said, Ryan. And one of the things you said really stuck out was the off-ramp. And oftentimes that off-ramp isn't accessible. And you painted a picture of that treadmill, right? You're, you're on it. How do you get off of it? And oftentimes you can't, you know? And so that's where I assume Vinca comes in and you guys are able to offer us as healthcare consumers, but also uh, providers looking to offer more to these patients that are at that stage of care that is different than what's available today. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, I started by saying that and acknowledging that clarifying an individual's preferences and making sure that they are honored uh, when faced with a serious illness is an inherently complex process. These are conversations that are difficult to have. They're difficult both for the individual, for their families, caregivers, and frankly, for the clinicians. And we recognize that this is due to its complexity Many organizations, although they realize that this is a, an enormous problem, are going to, to struggle with implementing a solution to that problem. So at Vinca, our approach is to partner with 
a healthcare organization, and this is health systems, risk-bearing organizations like ACOs uh, and health plans to support individuals, whether they're patients or members, as the case may be, and clinicians within the healthcare system or within the network to implement and scale a organizational change around ensuring that an individual voice is heard or individual voices are heard. And this involves components of analytics. It involves components of technology solutions that support both patient and clinician workflows and services support where we offer best practices for these organizations to support the workflow redesign, for adoption of of advanced care planning services and the broader aspects of really driving an organizational cultural change around advanced care planning. We also have the ability to offer trained facilitators that can support these dialogues, understanding that one of the many gaps that exist today is that many clinicians just don't have the time to have these, these important conversations with their patients or otherwise. So we view ourselves as a partner to a healthcare organization and have a variety of tools that we leverage to support their success. One of the, the big things that we align with is not only the priority around patient experience and that patient voice that is so important today, But we also see that more and more the presence of an advanced care plan and, in fact, how serious illness populations are managed is becoming more and more important within value-based arrangements. And whether this is a quality measure that's directly tied to the presence of an advanced care plan or whether it's just broader metrics around supporting high-quality care for individuals with serious illness, more and more this is becoming a very critical piece of these value-based arrangements, and we can support the organization in their success with these arrangements. That's really interesting, you know, the tie to, to value-based care and, and making sure that even at the end of the road, we're treating people with dignity and respect and, and listening. So as your view of how implementations have gone, Ryan, how does that view compare to the regular way things are done? How are you guys improving outcomes? Well, I think you know our approach, as I mentioned, is one of true partnership with the organization. And, and I think mm-hmm. as a clinician myself, I very quickly realized that simply dropping a technology, dropping any kind of solution into the healthcare ecosystem is not going to uh, drive any kind of success. And when we partner with an organization, we're not only implementing our solutions with them at the beginning, but we are supporting them to make sure that they're seeing the adoption and utilization of our solutions that we expect and where we we know that we can drive their success in these organizations. So what we do is that we we support these the implementation process and what we'll typically see as a KPI is looking at widespread adoption of the solution which is really a testament to saying that more advanced care planning dialogues are happening across the organization and that more quality advanced care planning dialogues are happening across the organization. And that in turn, by having these dialogues within a serious illness population, more individuals have the opportunity to express their preferences and to make sure that they are uh, honored when when their serious illness uh, and as their serious illness progresses. So what we'll typically see in partnering with these organizations after those process-related metrics is seeing reductions in unwanted 
healthcare utilization as a metric of goal concordant care and as a metric of avoiding these events like hospitalizations and otherwise that we know are, are doing a disservice to patients toward the end of life. We'll typically see very important reductions in the last 30 days of life in hospitalizations, a reduction in in-hospital death, which is a very important metric that health mm-hmm. systems track today and attempt to, to reduce, increase in hospice utilization, and ultimately a reduction in intensive care utilization. So whether our partner is a healthcare system that's perhaps in a value-based arrangement, perhaps concerned about their in-hospital mortality rate, perhaps concerned about their opportunity to see the benefits of things like the advanced care planning CPT codes, which are available to clinicians to be recognized for the work that they do in advanced care planning, but are simply not being leveraged as a revenue source. Or whether you're a risk-bearing entity that is concerned about the overall quality of care their populations are receiving and wanting to make sure that there is not excessive utilization that is beyond what an individual patient or member wants, that's where we really drive the value for for these organizations. Oh, that's fantastic, Ryan. And actually, I didn't know there was advanced care planning CPTs. Yes, they've been around now, and it was a real testament to CMS's leadership that's in awesome. promoting high-quality serious illness care to include these codes. They've been around for a few years now, and there's some really nice opportunities within somebody's routine process of care to implement them. For example, during an annual wellness visit, you can add these codes on and get recognition for that. And that's often one of the things that we uh, support our partners to implement or looking for these natural points in uh, the care delivery process to embed and normalize these these dialogues. And that's a great opportunity to do so. And, and again, to make sure that these organizations are seeing the recognition for the work and time that's going into having these, these dialogues. That's great to know, Ryan. And you know, everybody listening to our conversation today knows very well that ideas don't just stand alone by themselves, especially in our healthcare system. They have to be backed by the system. They've, they've got to have, you know, reimbursement. And it's great to hear about this from you and kind of how it all comes together. So I really appreciate you sharing that. So, Ryan, what would you say is one of the biggest setbacks you've experienced in putting the business together, implementing, you name it? You know, what's one of the biggest setbacks you've seen and, and what's a key learning that came out of that? I think for any entrepreneur who is developing a solution for what I'll call enterprise healthcare, i.e., a B2B solution that the enterprise sales cycle and the enterprise sales process in in healthcare is an exceptionally complex one. And I think exceptionally difficult for early stage companies to navigate. And largely that comes appropriately from a seat of wanting to make sure that healthcare organizations are accountable to their patients, to their members, and to make sure that if they're partnering with an organization, that 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 is going to be a solution that will add value and will be secure and and all of those other things that perhaps partnering with a, a very large and established organization aren't there to the same extent. So in the early days, and I think one of our, our biggest challenges was going along a pathway in which we took quite a bit of time to earn that trust within the market and to move from our first partners, who are still wonderful partners to have today, to that second and third and fourth partner really took a lot of effort in building that relationship of trust 
of showing the value of what we were doing, showing the adoption of what we were doing at other sites. But that process takes time. And as, a, as an early stage company, time is always something that you've got your eye on and that you're in some ways, uh, you're, you're always fighting the clock. And, you know, I think fortunately, we, our early partners were great and continue to be great, as I said. And uh, we were able to get some of these large national healthcare systems on board. And from there, that drove further adoption across the country. And now we have, uh, we serve patients in every single state. We serve That's more than awesome. 800,000 individual patients. But it's those early days where building that relationship of trust and proving one's value takes longer than one expects. Man, that's that's awesome, Ryan. Congratulations. That's a huge impact. And you're right. It, it's an uphill battle. And you guys have done a good job of it. And thus, you're helping so many people now. So just I uh, want to give you guys huge kudos for, for what you've done there. Well, appreciate that. Thank you. Lots, lots more work to do, but but definitely a lot to be proud of in uh, the the years that we've we've been growing. That's so awesome. And so, as you reflect on the successes and the challenges, and also look forward, what would you say you're most excited about today? I'm most excited about the what I'll characterize as a as as multiple tailwinds around providing high quality care for individuals with serious illness and. As I alluded to earlier, there's this is a, a complex process, and and as you you mentioned, there always needs to be the alignment within the healthcare ecosystem to say that this is a critically important problem to go after and solve. And the changes that we're seeing on the value-based side on CMS increasingly highlighting the importance of of ser- high-quality serious illness care highlighting the importance specifically of advanced care planning. We're seeing advanced care planning as a metric come up both in CMMI models, but as well as in several mandatory models that healthcare providers are being held accountable to. And what I see in this sea change uh, over the years that we've been building the company and our partnerships with, uh, with healthcare organizations is that the momentum around the importance of providing high-quality serious illness care, making sure that an individual's voice is heard has never been greater. And that's not only aligning with the concept that I think we've all known and recognized for a very long time, that this is a critical part of what we do as physicians, as healthcare providers, as insurers, as risk-bearing organizations. But now the ecosystem and the payment structure is all aligning to make sure that care is provided in the highest quality way possible. And on the company side, we're uh, building out our solutions to support serious illness populations in an even greater and more powerful way, largely through advanced care planning. But um, I alluded to some of the service offerings that are being rolled out now, which offer a more holistic and comprehensive solution to our healthcare organization partners. And uh, really excited to see the impact that those solutions can have and these broader tailwinds that support higher quality care for individuals at the end of life. Wow. That's great, Ryan. You know, it it is exciting to hear that there's an openness to this and uh, not just openness, but as you mentioned, you know, they're putting the incentives in place to make these types of advanced care planning 
priority. And I'm I'm just thrilled to hear that from you. And I'm sure the the audience is too. And for those of you that are leaders at a at a healthcare organization, whether it be a acute hospital or an LTAC or whatever, and you're looking for uh, options, answers, hospice, right? Reach out to Ryan and his team. It's vincahealth.com. We'll leave the different ways to get in touch in the show notes. So outcomesrocket.health, type in Vinca in the search bar. That's V as in violin, Y-N-C-A. You'll see the entire discussion pop up there with show notes. But let's give the mic back to Ryan here. And Ryan, leave us with the closing thought and leave us those places where we can get in touch with you to learn more. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for the opportunity to join today and to, to share our story. Really, I really appreciate that opportunity. I can be found on LinkedIn and you've uh, given us the, the website for the company, thinkhealth.com. Please feel free to reach out to me personally or to us on the company website. And I would just say that I think we've had the opportunity and I think what we're seeing out of the COVID pandemic is this opportunity to really drive innovation in, in many different ways within our healthcare ecosystem. And I think as much as this pandemic has been absolutely terrible in so many different dimensions in so many different ways that there is this silver lining of, of driving change in our healthcare system that is perhaps in many ways overdue. And I do think that one of those things, uh, at least as we're seeing it from our side, is that there's more of a, an acceptance of the importance of looking at new ways to solve problems in healthcare and that the serious illness population is an exceptionally important population to ensure that voices are heard and that care is provided in the best possible way for these individuals. Yeah, that's a great closing thought, Ryan, and couldn't agree with you more. Thanks to you and your team, there's a scalable way to do that for the people listening. Uh, certainly, I'm sure they'll consider what you guys have to offer. So Ryan, just want to say thanks again for joining us. This has been a true treat and privilege and, and really hope that you guys can help many, many more people at that stage of their care. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. 